0: More women are exploring the idea of a planned home birth with licensed midwives or nurse midwives for low risk, healthy, normal pregnancies. But is it really safe? What are some of the pros and cons of giving birth at home, and how do you properly prepare for one? I'm Marla Hicks, a registered nurse, licensed midwife, and an executive director at the Nijoni School of Midwifery here in San Diego. This is Preggy Pals,
3: episode 62. Um, is that a plus sign? Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on the go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Have you joined our Preggy Pals Club? Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts, and you will also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine. Big bonus there. See our website, preggypals.com, for more information. And thanks to everyone who is listening to this episode through our awesome. Preggy pals app you can download it through apple or the android marketplace this is the best way in my personal opinion to listen to our show on the go like when you're out pushing your stroller or if you're waiting for your next prenatal appointment and it's absolutely free which is even better considering we all have babies on the way and we need to save our money so download our app today okay so let's meet our panelists here in the studio we'll start because we do have a panelist joining us on the phone um but first let's start with annie
4: My name is Annie. I'm 35. I'm a government contractor. Uh, I am due with my third baby in October. Not sure the baby's gender. We'll find out then. Uh, And I'm planning a home birth with our uh, expert panelists today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love how that works out. (laughs) Great birth community here in San Diego. Okay, Christy. I'm Christy.
4: I'm a very young 41 and I'm an artist and designer and I'm due Labor Day with my first baby girl. It's a, well, it's a, it's a girl and it's my first baby and we're planning a birth center birth but I'm hoping the next one will be a home birth.
3: Okay. All right. And Lisa.
4: Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm
3: 37
5: and I have a daughter who just turned one. She was born at home on June 10th last year.
3: Congratulations! And joining us on the phone is Lori. Lori has been on our sister show, Parent Saver Show, quite a bit. Lori, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh,
1: I'm Lori Bab, and I am a small business owner and educator in San Diego. I'm 42, and I have two children: a two and a half year old boy and a five year old boy. One of the first one was born in the hospital, and the second one was born at home.
3: All right, and you guys know me. I'm Sunny. Um, I am the host and one of the producers of Preggy Pals. Um, I am pregnant, and last week we found out that we are having two babies instead of one. I'm pregnant with identical twins. Surprise, surprise. Um, But that's going to be a lot of fun. I already have two little boys. Um, We are going to be a full house. I'm going to have four under four. Uh, We don't know the baby's gender yet, but since they're identical, they're going to be the same. We hope to find out in the next couple weeks. I knew this one was going to be a cesarean. Regardless, I had some complications with my first vaginal birth and so it's the best option for me is to go cesarean and with twins you know a lot of times that happens anyway so I'm, I'm okay with it and also I want to introduce Stephanie here in the studio um, just so you guys know she doesn't have a mic in front of her but I'll introduce her <laughs> for you guys Stephanie is our producer here on Preggy Pals one of the things I want to mention to you guys with the show one of the new things that we're doing now is we want you guys to participate in the show um, as we're recording live so there's a couple ways to do this first of all like our page on Facebook because we'll be posting some questions it's a great way to ask our our expert questions as we're recording live and the other thing is if you are on twitter please start following us on twitter because each time we record an episode we're gonna have a little twitter party and stephanie will be tweeting out some great information that Marla's going to be sharing with us today about home births and again another opportunity for you to ask your own questions and become part of our show okay so we will be right back sound familiar Okay, so we are going to kick off today's show by uh, telling you guys about a news headline that caught my attention. Of course, we like to do these headlines that relate to pregnancy, and and the title of this is, Would You Let a Dolphin Be Your Midwife? Apparently, this is something that a Hawaii-based institute is pushing as a good thing from the Sirius Institute, which I find to be very ironic um, (laughs) because I thought this was a joke when I first read it. The Sirius Institute is pushing that couples get in the water with these dolphins, and it's supposed to help, I don't know, make them feel better. They said here it's all about reconnecting as humans with the dolphins so we can coexist in this world together and learn from one another. (laughs) Um, They also say children born in the water with the dolphins develop six months faster over the first six months and have 150 grams more brain weight. Based based on what sample size? You know... Good questions, really. And they also say they're ambidextrous, which I don't know why that really matters. Like,
4: If you have a little boy and you want him to be a pro baseball exactly. player. Exactly. That's a lot of money right there.
3: Yeah, Go swim with some dolphins. Um, but anyways, what do you guys think about this? Obviously, it's not that the midwives are catching the baby and doing all the stuff the midwife is doing. So the title is a little misleading. But, you know, it's about bonding with these creatures and developing this relationship to help in your birth. Sunny, because,
4: I think, you know, I think... I mean, we're here in San Diego, so the (laughs) sea world here. And so I think everybody thinks that these creatures are just very friendly. And and I I mean, when I was in the Navy, it was awesome to go up on the bridge of the ship and see the dolphins, and they loved playing with the bow wave, and that was just really neat to watch. But uh, in my last job in the Navy, I dealt with um, you know I wasn't actually in the water with the dolphins, but a lot of the exercises that I would develop were dealing with dolphins finding sea mines. Okay, these are wild animals. Um, in a, pre- in a previous job, uh, I dealt with uh, dolphins that were trained as force protection assets. They would attack swimmers in the water. So these are, are even when they're trained they are huge, you know, six hundred pound wild animals. That yeah. they're, they're yeah. dangerous. I, um, th- yeah, I think so. It, I I would I would certainly wouldn't do it, and I, you know, worked with dolphins, I, maybe that's why I wouldn't do it, because I just know that they're not these smiley things, thing and, you know,
3: that's exactly squeaking what I was at say. you at SeaWorld, oh, you know? If you guys look at this picture, I know I know you guys are so listening cute. at home, yeah. can't see this, but the dolphin always looks like it's smiling, it's happy, and it's smiling, and wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't you want to give birth next to this thing? Um, but that's not always the case, as Annie <laughs> Okay, so Marla, I know you have some experience with this. You've been asked to do something like this before.
0: I was asked to do an ocean birth with dolphins, and I, <laughs> I had to turn it down. <laughs> there, there were a number of reasons. I had concerns about dolphins um, as, as mammals in the wild. I also had um, other concerns that had to do with other kinds of animals that. Um, are attracted to human blood. Ooh, um, yeah. This is not a bloodless birth. We, we can't encapsulate your placenta very well either, you know, taking it to shore in tow with the baby. How are we swimming back? <laughs> you, know, you know, it, it just, um, it, it really was not a, uh, a situation that I wanted to put any pregnant woman or even myself in. So yeah. I respectfully declined. I don't know what happened to the the, <laughs> the prospective client, but So you didn't
4: pursue a joint venture with SeaWorld C No, no. Uh, Dolphins. <laughs>
0: well, no. <laughs> we
3: give them a special package, you True. know. Give birth with our dolphins. Women all across the world have been giving birth in their home since the beginning of time, but the concept is still a bit concerning to many people here in the United States. So what exactly happens during a home birth, and is it considered a safe way to birth your baby? This is the first episode in a new series here on Preggy Pals, exploring your childbirth choices. And joining us here in the studio is Marla Hicks, a registered nurse, licensed midwife, and executive director of the Nijoni School of Midwifery here in San Diego. Hi, Marla. Welcome to Preggy Pals. Thank you. Okay, so what is the definition of a planned home birth and I want to make that distinction because you know a while back we did an episode on unassisted childbirth unassisted childbirth correct and that's a little bit different okay so when we're planning a home birth what typically happens
0: well most women who are considering a home birth know fairly early on in their pregnancy that they're considering it Mm -hmm. and so when we're talking about um, what kind of care is given, we as licensed midwives, and uh, the same would be said for certified nurse midwives, are licensed to provide care throughout the prenatal period, and also intrapartum during labor and birth, and the immediate postpartum, then the you know follow-up postpartum care, and the newborn care, um, licensed midwives are licensed to provide that newborn care for the first six weeks of life. So when you're planning a home birth, you're not just planning to um, have this sort of um, willy-nilly kind of experience. It's an intentional experience. Um, most women and their their husbands or partners who choose home birth go into it with um, quite a bit of, of good information. They are well-researched. Um, they're concerned and caring about their child's safety. They're also concerned about their um, own personal experience of birth and feel that that's important and that that does not make them um, selfish or narcissistic to be concerned about what kind of experience their family is having in welcoming this new baby. So um, we see the women prenatally, uh, then we attend them uh, for their labor and birth and then we see them postpartum and, and of course we see their newborn too. We give full service care in that respect. Um, provided everything is going well and things are low risk we can continue with the plans to have the baby at home.
4: Yeah, I have a question for Marla. Um, What's the difference, or is there a difference in the prenatal care that a mother would get between working with a midwife for a home birth versus working with um, an OB?
0: Well, thank you for the question. Um, Generally, one of the major differences is that as licensed midwives we have um, an opportunity to spend more time with the patient. I think that there are a lot of, of obstetricians who wish that they could have more time with patients. However, um, as licensed midwives or as certified nurse midwives, we have the opportunity to spend usually an hour for a prenatal visit, and we get a lot done during the hour. It's not just chit-chat, but the environment surrounding the prenatal visit is important. It's it's important that that we have the opportunity to find out from the mom how are you really doing how are things going in your home are you eating well do you have stresses do you have concerns how are you, how are your sleeping habits how's your energy level you know tell me about you know all of these things and that gives us a very um complete picture as to what's going on and it makes a difference in terms of outcomes and unfortunately, the way that our healthcare system is set up, even if an obstetrician wanted to spend that amount of time, um, he or she would be hard pressed to do so.
3: One of the big questions that I think a lot of people have when they hear that someone's considering a home birth is, oh, my gosh, is that safe? You know, and, and as I said, you know, in the beginning of this episode, women do this all around the country because this is just how it's done. But I, I still feel there's a little bit of a stigma here um, that you're really doing something that's kind of fringe here. And, then, you know, wow, you're a risk taker. You know, you're giving birth at home. So what would you say to that, Marla? We well, hear
4: like all the time, like, oh, you're so brave.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I <laughs> actually feel that way, that you guys are very brave because I'm not that brave. Anyway. What do you you say to people, Marla, about the safety issue that people have?
0: I actually attend home births because I am not a risk taker, and I (laughs) do feel that it is safer. I've worked labor and delivery, postpartum, the nursery, and so forth. So I've had a good amount of experience within the hospital setting, and I've also worked in a freestanding birth center. Um, And my experience is that home birth is very, very safe under the right circumstances. If you have one baby that is head down and the mother is in vibrant good health and she has a good medical and obstetrical history, then she is probably a very good candidate for a home birth. I think that people misunderstand what happens at a home birth. They think perhaps that we don't um, monitor the baby's heart rate um, or we just show up at the last minute to catch and you're on your own before that. There are a lot of misconceptions about what happens at a home birth but really it we we do everything we can to create a very safe environment our job is to watch for complications and to either set those right or make the the call that says we need to go into the hospital at this point in time because we're trending in the wrong direction
3: okay you know, we had a um, a question from one of our Facebook friends, Kelly Roby, wants to know: Is it safe for women over thirty five? She says that she had um, two natural, intervention-free births before. Does that help the fact that you know you've already kind of been through a natural labor before? D- does any of that help in having a successful? See, Kelly's home birth?
4: my fake name. No, no, this, <laughs> is, this is Annie. Yeah, because I am thirty five and I have I have had two uh, two children. Okay, and now I'm pregnant with my third. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, but the I think the that's the question. Does yeah. advanced
4: maternal
0: age play a
2: factor yeah. in
4: home birth?
0: Yeah, it it doesn't have to play a factor in home birth. Um, part of the the difficulty in answering this question is that we individualize our care very precisely for each person involved. Right, right. But um, there are times when when being thirty five or older can make a difference. There are other times when it doesn't seem to create any difficulty at all. And men- many times we really. Can expect that things will go quite normally, particularly if someone has had children before. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think that it's a huge factor in and of itself. You have to look at the whole picture.
5: That was actually one of the things that was really reassuring to me because I was over thirty-five. I was thirty, almost thirty-seven when I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. When I was interviewing midwives, I did see an OB for an initial visit and the whole office, the nurse, everyone was concerned with my age. And with all the testing that they needed to do because of my age, as if my body had some sort of alarm clock that went off at 35 and said, Oh, you can't do this now, or there's going to be problems. And it was never an issue with my midwives. It was just I was just Lisa.
3: Yeah, yeah. And and a note to our listeners, we actually just did an episode on advanced maternal age. So if you guys want more information about that, and what that entails, and what typically happens, um, be sure to check out that that episode okay well we're gonna take a quick break so we'll be right back
2: as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Welcome back. Today we're learning all about home births, and our special expert is Marla Hicks. Marla is a registered nurse and a licensed midwife. So, Marla, why would you say that most women choose to have home births?
0: From... My point of view most women choose to have home births because they are concerned with bringing their baby into a situation that is they they want to have a physiologic labor. They want to have an undisturbed labor. They want to have a labor and birth experience that feels supported and um where they can expect to have some say over procedures and that their vote counts about that and that they don't um, need to anticipate having an argument. Um, so I would say that for some people, it has to do with a, a safety issue in, in the other direction than, than the way that most people look at it as a safety issue. Most people think home birth is unsafe. From my point of view, most women who are choosing home birth feel that it is safer and that's why they choose a home birth. It's
3: really unique perspective, yeah. Ladies here in the studio who have had home births, um, and then also, Lori, we'll, we'll get to you on the phone as well. What was your reasoning for, for wanting to pursue this? Is it the same stuff that Marla's talking about? Did you have some different reasons? Annie? My
4: first birth in the hospital was um, was fine. Um, I didn't realize, I think, what I was missing with midwifery care prenatally. Mm. Um, you know, And again, it wasn't my obstetrician's fault. She had to get through a certain amount of people in the office uh waiting room was always packed, yeah. uh, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time with her. But the birth was fine. Um, postnatally, though, in the hospital, it was a really rough entrance for my baby. Um, there was a lot of concern of her size, uh, a lot of kind of mess-ups in the hospital mm-hmm. regarding her care. Mm-hmm. She wasn't treated gently at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just a really hard time postpartum. Okay. Um, and so I wanted to be in a place where... Um, you know, the birth would be fine. But then, you know, postnatally mm-hmm. that I would just have my baby with me and no one would be bugging her for, oh, we need this injection, we need this test, we need this, and we need this, and we need this. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, what do you think, Lisa?
5: Well, I work in hospice, so part of my job is to help, to help people die at home. And to me, birth and death are the two most sacred times in our lives. And so it was never a question to me whether where I was going to have a child if I decided to become a mother. And um, the idea of having my daughter in the privacy and comfort of my own home, where I could be left to labor however I wanted, wherever I wanted, um, without anyone talking to me if I didn't want them to, without the noise and the bright lights and the activity of a hospital, um, not to mention the germs and the concerns about the interventions, I knew that it would be the right place for me because of the privacy, comfort and peace.
3: Lori, on the phone, what was the reason that you chose home birth? Well, you know, I could probably talk like a
1: whole show about it. <laughs> but, you know, like briefly, my first my first birth was supposed to be a natural birth that I had, was going to have with midwife support in the hospital. Um, and it turned out to be like so unnatural. And so then I was very curious that the second one, you know, why did it turn out that way? And so how much do I really still need to learn about birthing? And, like, this is a really, like, amazing thing that I really knew nothing about. And and so then I really did some research. And, you know, there was also that, that kind of, as the other uh, panelists said, that, that knowing that the birth is a really sacred time and wanting to contribute to the, you know, the peace and, you know, just the right, vibe let's say you know of the birth as much as i could that i felt wasn't really as possible in the hospital so since it you know if it was possible for me i wanted to try the home birth because i also knew that i wasn't going to have any more children um and i was i was actually what 36 with the first one and then just about 39 one month shy of 39 when i had my home birth um but you know and i wasn't you know, I was pretty, pretty healthy, but I had had complications with the first birth, so it took a lot of kind of working through of fear, and that was one of the big things, too. I noticed that my first birth was like the, the prevailing emotion around it was fear, and I wanted—I really don't want to live out of fear. I really try to work on living more out of trust and love and, you know, this, these kind of more positive states of being. And so, so I said, you know, as fearful as all the energy is often when you hear about homebirth, people say, "Oh my gosh, is that safe?" You know, I had actually, with my research and my experience itself, I realized that my hospital birth was, you know, likely far more risky for me and my child the way it turned out than probably the home birth was going to be
3: <laughs> right um, Marla, what would you say some of the the benefits as well as the risks are of home birth?
0: As far as the benefits are concerned, they are many. I think that, the ability to choose what is important to you and to be able to prioritize and feel that your choices will be respected is very important, and that 's not just about whether or not you have candles burning mm-hmm. um, or nice music playing these are These are real choices that women and their uh, husbands or partners are making with regard to being able to birth in a variety of positions, being able to have something to eat or drink during labor, being able to allow um, the umbilical cord to continue to pulsate until that complete fetal maternal transfusion is done. Um, Because those are the babies, you know, that's the baby's first stem cell transfusion. So that's important. Those kinds of issues and And some things that were mentioned earlier included avoidance of what we call the cascade of interventions in obstetrics which can often result in unwanted outcomes uh, in terms of a cesarean section sometimes those are important and sometimes those are done unnecessarily and so women have quite a few benefits that they can expect to accrue from having uh, a birth at home. But really, a lot of what happens that is of value happens prenatally. And so the amount of time that we're able to take with a woman, um, being able to counsel with her, listen to her concerns and her fears, being able to advise her about her nutrition, um, we, as a result of that uh, kind of care, are able to frequently um, avoid problems such as preterm labor, abruptio placenta, there are a number of benefits that really accrue that are are beyond the the niceties, the comforts, the things that that women enjoy but are often accused of being selfish. There's just an array of benefits.
3: Marla, let's talk a little bit about the risks. I want to make sure that we, you know, cover everything here. So tell us a little bit more about the risk associated with home births.
0: The risk that is involved is distance from a hospital if you have a time pinch emergency. Mm -hmm. Those don't happen very often, but when they do happen, you need to be prepared to make a ready transport. I think that we diminish the risks quite significantly when we are careful about our risk assessment at the beginning of the pregnancy and over the course of the pregnancy. Our goal is to have a healthy woman and healthy baby. So um, we start our care by ensuring that that's who's coming into care. If she needs to be nutritionally shored up and and maybe taught some new ideas about what she can do to improve her her nutrition, then we do that. Uh, We're monitoring the entire way uh, in terms of the progress of the pregnancy to make sure that she stays not only low risk, but healthy. We want her to be vibrantly healthy by the end of the pregnancy. If someone isn't vibrantly healthy, if they're having issues, then they need to be risked out. So you you dramatically decrease the risk of home birth by making sure that you have someone who is very, very uh, healthy and strong by the end of the pregnancy. However, there are things that can occur during a birth. For example, um, you may have uh, problems with fetal heart tones that are unexpected, particularly since we're not giving medications at home and women are allowed to eat and drink and be upright. uh, We really don't anticipate having problems with fetal heart rate, but we're still checking for it. And so if we find that there are problems with fetal heart tones, if we find that there's um, a lack of progress or the the mom is becoming exhausted um, because of a longer labor, you know, then those are the things that are going to take us into the hospital. Some complications or even emergencies are actually, in my opinion, afforded better options at home in the sense that you may be able to move the mother, whereas if she's completely um, anesthetized with an epidural, you may have difficulty with that. And shoulder dystocia is an example. I know that that's the one the big scary, (laughs) but when we have a shoulder dystocia situation at home, we're able to move the mother into a variety of positions very quickly. She is unanesthetized. We are trained to handle these kinds of complications, and that is the kind of complication that you must handle on the spot. But I think the the point of all of this is to say that home-based midwifery care is designed to be safe and to be attentive. And if we see in our observations that things are not going well, the plan is to move her into the hospital and to create as seamless a transport situation as we can so that it can be handled uh, efficiently and quickly and so that we don't have a bad outcome.
3: So Marla, what is actually needed for a home birth?
0: Many people think that you have to have an array of supplies in actuality, the couple um, orders a box of <laughs> supplies. <laughs> it comes to their home. It has the disposable kinds of things that they need for the home birth, things that are um, specific for them in terms of um, just maintaining uh, good quality control, infection control. So there are disposable under pads, there are uh, sterile gloves, there are um, little packets of uh, gel. Um, (laughs) there are there are straws there's there's a variety of things that come in in this box and that's really all that the couple needs to have in addition to things like sheets and pillowcases and um, an assortment of things that they normally would have around the home we like towels in our practice lots of towels so (laughs) especially if you're planning a water birth so Um, we have a list of things that are recommended and we ask that the uh, couple make sure that they have those things on hand. So that's really not difficult. Um, As far as equipment is concerned and what midwives bring to the birth, I'm kind of obsessive about equipment. I have backups to my backups. So um, (laughs) I just want to make sure that there's not something there that I wished I would have had. So I bring in three um, rolling tackle boxes, essentially. Um, We keep them well organized and everything is inventoried and everything is ready for the birth. I'll probably use 3% of that in any given birth, but it's my comfort zone and I'm going to keep it that way. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of the equipment midwife. I know that there are midwives who work with much less equipment, but I really like to have it. So things that we're allowed to bring to a birth um, as far as safety, you know, kinds of uh, helpers include things like um, IV fluids, medications that are anti hemorrhagic um, We have oxygen, although uh, the parameters and recommendations as far as oxygen at births have changed, um, but we do still carry it in case we need it. There's There's an assortment of instruments that we use. We are allowed to suture, although we don't suture more than a second degree laceration. We don't see very many of those. So uh, we have the basics that we need, and I do everything that I can to keep them in the tackle boxes. Um, but if we need them, they're there.
3: So the ladies that have had home births—is there anything you would add to that list, or anything you would advise um, mothers who want to have a home birth to have on hand? Annie,
4: food, lots food. of food. There you go. Yeah, and no that
3: restrictions on food, right? Can you? No, have and that yeah. was
4: glorious yeah. because <laughs> you, know, I, you know I'm a labor doula, and yeah. there's uh, quite a few hospitals that you know okay, it's okay to drink things, but but eating. And I can
3: I, eat anything with my vaginal birth i had um ice chips and that was it They
4: let me have anything i i I mean and it got harder as as things progressed like eating early on i was you know having a great time and eating like cooking and and then i I got to you know i was like seven eight centimeters and the decision was made okay it's more appropriate to go in the hospital and marla's like oh you have to eat before you go i'm like no like i just Uh, i think i just thrown up or something and (laughs) i was just like (laughs) But but yeah, just being able to to nourish myself. You know,
5: we planned for all these all this food that I thought that I might want to eat, and it turned out that I didn't want anything to do with any of it. Yeah. Um, he, I remember very distinctly. My they handed me a cracker to eat, and I took a bite of it, and I told them some colorful language that I didn't want anything to do with it, and I threw the cracker,
2: which we found <laughs>
5: about six weeks after my daughter was born under the bed. He said, "I found this cracker with a bite taken out of it." I said, "That's for my labor."
0: So Save that Um, for the baby book.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So other than the supplies, we did have a birth tub and we had lots of towels um, Ah, to protect the, you know, just to protect the carpet.
3: Okay. Yeah. What about you, Lori? Is there anything you would recommend that uh, new moms have on hand? I think it's all been said.
1: I I did have a birthing tub, too, and I think sometimes women obsess about that and they're like, oh, do I need the best one? I actually got a $25 kiddie pool and it it was perfect because i actually ended up only being able to use it for maybe a half hour and, you know, so I just want to throw that in because I know that sometimes something that people labor over, oh, my goodness, and then they might not even actually use it. So I was really glad, and we're actually still using the kitty tub now. You know? <laughs> 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 so
3: cool. The kids are still <laughs> enjoying that. <laughs> so it's
1: a great <laughs> investment.
3: <laughs> and I know we could talk about this for hours and hours. There's so much to go over with home Burst, and I know we just scratched the surface, but we are running out of time. So thank you, ladies, for being part of our conversation, Marla, for being here today. Thank you. If you want more information about our experts and our parents, panelists, please visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Marla will give us her list of the top questions you should ask midwives before you hire them for your home birth. To learn more about our club, you can visit preggypals.com. Before we wrap today's show, here's Jeanette McCulloch with some of the best online pregnancy resources.
1: Hello, Preggy Pals. I'm Jeanette McCulloch of Birthwell. We at Birthswell believe that you, as a mother, will make the right health decisions for your pregnancy and birth when you have access to evidence based information and a strong support system. That's why I'm here to share with you new media tools to find the information that's right for you. You may have heard of May Gaskin. She's the legendary midwife who founded the Farm Midwifery Center in Tennessee in the 1970s. She'll tell you just how important it is to hear birth stories, all kinds of birth stories, while you're pregnant. If you were showing, you've probably already heard more than one unsolicited birth story. If it was well-meaning, that felt a little more like a war story than a love story, you are not alone. There's something about our birth culture that makes the sharing of positive stories taboo. But, as Ina May would say, while stories can't tell you what your own experience will be like, they can illustrate how wide the range of normal birth is. That's why birthstoriesondemand.com is such a great resource for preparing for birth. Click on the Read a Birth Story and you'll find everything from natural birth stories to home births to quick births. While there's plenty of positive options to explore, including sections on midwife assisted births, the site doesn't shy away from the kinds of stories that help us know the full range of experiences, including perinatal mood disorders. You can also listen to her podcast, watch her new birth stories on Twitter, and of course, share your own birth story if you'd like. You can find the site at birthstoriesondemand.com Thanks for listening to today's tools for finding the information that's right for you and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future.
3: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we're talking about pregnancy food cravings. What do they really mean? This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way.
2: This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.